0: G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Uh, Yesterday we had the rule changes that obviously dropped in the NRL and I jumped on my Instagram story, gave my live reaction to those and... um I considered jumping behind the mic yesterday afternoon to get my live reaction to it, but I did want to sort of uh, just take 24 hours to sort of take it all in, uh, talk to a few different people, get their perspectives uh, on these new rules and whatnot. And uh, to be honest with you, uh, not a heap has changed my mind. I probably have a little bit more of an understanding over the last 24 hours of what the NRL is trying to achieve here. I believe I don't have it that, you know, of obviously rock solid, uh, but there are a few things I want to touch on here and, uh, you know, if you watch my Instagram story, yesterday, I might repeat myself a little a little bit, to be honest with you, because I still feel uh, pretty strongly about about it the same way I did yesterday afternoon. Uh, so if you haven't heard the new rules uh, of kickoffs and line dropouts, uh, if the ball does not go 10 metres or the ball goes out on the full, previously it was a penalty from where the ball was kicked. Now it will be a play the ball uh, 10 metres ahead of where the ball was kicked. So, if you, so my understanding is that if you kick it out on the full off a kickoff, uh, it will be a play the ball on the 40 metre line for the opposition. Uh, my understanding is off a... line dropout. Uh, If you kick the ball out on the floor, it doesn't make the 10 metres. Instead of being a penalty in front and essentially an automatic two points, you'll get to play the ball in front of the sticks. Now... My initial reaction, especially for the line dropouts, I I hate it, to be completely honest with you. Uh, I've been saying for a long time, and this is sort of a conversation we've had on Bloke for quite some time, and um, I think most of the boys on the panel disagree with me, but I've always felt very strongly on this, that those line dropouts, this should be something that your team is constantly practicing. You should have a specific player in your team who trains for these moments. It should be like a set play where you're able to do the union style kickoff where you kick it over to whichever side has your best jumpers, whoever it might be, and it's a simple tap back and get the ball back. Is it going to work every single time? No, it's not. And the big thing last year was that whenever teams would go for it and they'd fuck it up, which they quite regularly would because – In my opinion, they weren't training for these moments. And I I can't understand why teams weren't, to be completely honest with you. I look at the game and I look at the amount it takes out of teams when there's repeat sets and teams are building pressures, especially these good sides in tight games. And I just think what if you can practice for this and you can get them back at a high click, look at the North Queensland Cowboys. I can guarantee you they are a team that trains for line dropouts. They were really fucking good at them last year. I don't have any stats to back it up, but I think that after these rules come in, it will be something that will come into the game about how many of these short dropouts you manage to get back. It should be something that teams are training for. Last year, teams weren't training for them. It was very evident. You could tell that it was a little bit disorganized. There was no real structure to it. And these guys weren't landing them anywhere near as accurately as they should be. You see it in rugby union, something they regularly practice and they're able to land them in those certain spots. Uh, The difference with union is that when you do those kicks, the opposition, they are ready. At the moment, league isn't. So if you get them right, most of the time, you can get the ball back, barring a magnificent effort. But the big thing was last year that every time you got it wrong... You had to come back in front of the sticks. It was a penalty. You could take take two points. So it was essentially, for a lot of teams, 50% of the time, it was costing them two points on the scoreboard. In my opinion, you should be landing these dropouts at least in the field of play, to not cause a penalty eight, seven times out of ten, in my opinion. I think you can play it a little bit safer, hit it more towards the 15, 20-meter line and be able to get out there. That's just my opinion. But now the rule has completely changed. And I know the boys felt very passionate about it last year because there were certain teams that kept doing it and kept fucking it up. I know Maddie the Waterboy was furious because Latrell Mitchell and the South Sydney Rabbitohs, who to me it looked like they weren't practising for these things, they would always put it short or out on the full or whatever it might be and it would cost them two points. And to, I know fans and I know like the Waterboy, for example, getting very frustrated with those, those sort of moments. And I get that 100%. But to me, I thought it was very evident that these teams aren't practising how to go about these. To be able to stop a team from getting a repeat set to, you know, it, it completely changes the, the momentum of a game. I, I I just It blew me away how many teams... I like by the looks of it, we're not practicing for these moments and taking advantage of it. Now it's been completely flipped on its head. Now I'm looking at these moments. If I am standing in my in goals and I'm about to do a short line drop out, I'm about to do a line drop out, the other team is building pressure, and now I can either kick it less than 10 meters or over the sideline, like really try and nail it as close to the 10 meter as I can, and my punishment is that the team comes back straight in front of the sticks and plays the ball there. And I get to set up my two markers in my entire defensive line. Thanks for coming. I will do that every day of the week. And I think there's a lot of people that messaged me last night in the comments saying to me, Oh, you, that's the worst place to defend. It's they're only 10 meters away. It's actually the easiest spot to defend in rugby league, Uh, and, and, and that might be a little bit of a strange thing for some of you to think about, but let me explain it to you. When you are 10 metres out and you are defending, when you're on your line, it means that every time there's a tackle, you're not going back 10 metres. Your defensive line is more set than it is anywhere else on the field. The other thing that tends to happen, you tend to get players that are in wrestles where they're two and three metres out, and they know they're not going to get to the trial line. So they sort of almost give up the tackle there. They're trying to earn a quick play the ball, but because they're not going forward, you can sort of hold the play the ball up a little bit more. Play the balls are much more slower when you are 10 metres out, yeah? Every single time, they are much slower when you are 10 metres out. It is just the reality of it. The other thing is, when you're defending on your line, let's say when you're defending on the 40-metre line, right? You're 40 metres out from your own line. Where's your fullback standing? He's standing, you know, 10, 20, 30 metres back, when you're defending on your line, where's your fullback? He is standing in the front line. You actually have an extra defender. You don't see fullbacks standing five metres into the in goals not being in the line. What they do is they defend in the front line, normally around the play of the ball. Then as soon as the ball clears the ruck, they follow in behind, and that's where you see them jogging behind the play of the ball there. So when you're actually defending 40 metres out, you have two people at marker, which only leaves 10, uh, 11 more guys on the field, which means that you have one guy at fullback so there's two guys at marker, one at fullback, 10 in the defensive line. When you're actually defending on your trial line, your fullback's part of that line. And the reality of it is as well, your two markers, most of the time, unless the tackle is exactly on the 10-meter line, which it probably won't be, they're also closer to the other defenders as well. So being defending on your trial line in a weird way, despite being closer to the actual in goals, it is the best spot to defend. It is the easiest spot to defend. And what you notice with a lot of these teams, like the Penrith Panthers, who are very good defensively, they don't concede many trials eyes there, because they've got a set structure, they know exactly what they're doing, they rely on each other, they slow the play, the ball down in the in goals, they just always back each other there, and the big advantage you have when you're defending on your try line is that you're not you're not tracking backwards. You think about, if, if you've got a line dropout, you kick it out to halfway and they return it, you meet them on the 35, 40 metre line. For the next three or four tackles, you're actually on the back foot, you're jogging backwards, you're turning around, you're coming back up, you're using a lot of energy, whereas... When you are defending on your try line, you're going up three or four steps. If the if the tackle's nowhere near, you're coming back three or four steps. You're going again. It saves you about uh, almost like 15 meters per tackle, and that's if they don't have tackle breaks, they don't have line breaks, they don't have offloads, any second phase footy, anything like that. It's just a big thing on the line. You need to wrap the ball up and then get numbers in, control it, get them to the ground, peel off, and because you don't have to go back 10 meters to get back on side, you only have to go back you know two to five meters or one to five meters. You're able to get yourself set. Guys aren't as puffed. There's a lot more sort of standing around. Communication is easier. It is just a million times easier to defend on your line. So for me, if I had a decent side who can defend their line, I'm going fucking good as gold. I will, I will have a kicker in my team who is practicing this all the time who can give us a 50-50 shot and in my opinion if you execute it properly when you consider off a line dropout and this will change this is the other thing that, that will change the configuration of how teams receive the ball will completely change you won't see guys spread out as much right now in rugby league because it's a bit of a risk to go for that short dropout you see one or two guys that are up short I think it will change massively now because you're going to have to because teams are going to go for it all the time because there realistically is no big punishment for it and you know I know that there's a a set of six there, but there really isn't a punishment for having a crack at getting the ball back. You're not losing two points on the scoreboard. If you can back in your D, you go for it all the time. So I think the configuration of how teams receive the ball, it will definitely, definitely change. It is something that you're going to have to watch. And it'll be interesting to see how the coaches adapt. I think you will start to see a bit more of a union uh, sort of setup where guys are a little bit up closer. I think you'll see your fullbacks and your wingers sort of more so drop back, they can get on their bike if need be, your front row forwards will be back there but I think there will be a bit of a middle ground there but it will be interesting because straight away we're all thinking okay, what's going to happen here is that all of these teams are going to go for short dropouts, the exciting part of this because I I, kind of hate it to be honest because I think there should be a punishment if you fuck up the short kick off, there isn't now the exciting part of this is that the configuration will change and what you'll see is teams start to go closer to the 10 metre line trying to receive that short dropout it'll open up space on other parts of the field and we've seen guys in the last 12 months uh, Adam Reynolds Nathan Cleary in particular we saw a few in the grand final where they go for that short dropout but instead of just going shorts, you know 10 metres out to the sideline, they will try and absolutely barrel it out over sort of the 20, 30 metre line or whatever it might be and space will start to open up. You might even find in certain situations, if certain teams are trying to defend the long kick all the time and they're getting all their players up there, teams will start to have calls where they go, hey, this one we're going to belt the shit out of it and we're going to win that kick chase. It's going to be a race between the two sides essentially to get everyone back on side. Uh, it, it is it is going to have interesting aspects to it, yeah? 100% it's going to have interesting aspects to it for me, I think when you're going for a short kickoff, if you screw it up, I think there should be a punishment for that. And right now I'm not really seeing that because they've taken away the penalty option. Uh, what that punishment should be, I don't know. I've had a few people say to me it should be a seven-tackle set. Sure. And that's more of a punishment than a six-tackle set. 100%. But for me, it's probably not a big enough punishment when you have conceded a forced dropout, and then you've essentially got a 50-50 shot at the moment. I think it'll be higher uh, in the kicking side's favour as time goes on to get the ball back. So, really, really interesting. Now, I, I don't love it. As I've said, I don't love it. I think that it just opens up a big can of worms. I think you're going to see a lot of short kickoffs. I think you're going to see just a lot of contested ball in the air. Um, by the way, you know, realistically, with officiating and video referees and everything, we're not great at ruling on these moments. If we're completely honest uh and I think the other thing as well is that you know when we're going upstairs to check a try there's been a stoppage in the game. In these ones, we're going to have these short dropouts. Teams are going to be trying to bat it back, bat it forward, whatever it might be. It's going to probably land in the field, and it's going to be play on, and the ref's just going to have to make a live call. Touches are going to have to make a live call on what they think happened. We're then going to go and watch it on replay, watch it in a millionth of a second and work out exactly who it came off forward, backwards. I can just see a huge can of worms opening off the back of this. This is a rule that I think the NRL has brought in partly for a bit of entertainment, uh, but I think there is a safety side to it as well, which we'll get to very soon. But I just think this is going to open up too many cans of worms. Now, I think it is pretty evident that from the NRL's point of view, especially with the kickoffs and the line dropouts, to be fair, but more so the kickoffs, um, you know, the traditional side of rugby league is you kick it down, you land it in the in goals, you pass to a front row forward, and he comes charging back. It is the hardest and the toughest run in rugby league. I personally think it's one of the hardest and toughest things in world sport. Returning off the kickoff in rugby league, especially at the start of the game, you know, we've all seen the footage of Sam Burgess and James Graham in the o, in 0-14 grand final. Sounds weird saying 0-14. In the 2014 grand final where they are just charging at each other, of course Sam Burgess uh, broke his cheekbone, fractured his cheekbone, whatever the hell it was in that game. It's part of rugby league folklore now. I think that the NRL is maybe trying to lesser the these moments, I think it's trying to take these out of the game, or give an option that doesn't hurt as much to go for something else, maybe a more entertaining brand of footy. But I do think there is definitely a safety, a safety aspect to this, uh, which I understand where the NRL is coming from. I get it, but as a rugby league fan, as a traditionalist. I absolutely fucking hate that. I hate that we're trying to move away from kickoffs, you know, knowing and watching. Like, when, when we get to Origin 1, honestly, it's probably the, my favourite 15 seconds of the entire year. You see the kickoff for Origin 1, you see the ball and you go, okay, who's going to be the first one to return it? And not only who's the guy that returns the first kickoff in Origin 1, which motherfucker does he run at? Who does he take on? I absolutely love it. There's the three... First hit-ups in the State of Origin uh, series each year, then there's the Grand Final as well, which you absolutely love to see. And, and, you know, quite often there's a lot of strategy to it. You know, I think from memory, the first hit-up for the Grand Final last year, I think it was... Payne Haas, and I, I think it was literally the Penrith Panthers sending a message, hey, we're going to take on your biggest guy first up and we're going to go at him. And it, it is a thing in rugby league, you know. Even when I'm coaching my under 15, 16, just say, okay, who, who's the biggest guy on the field? Let's fucking go at him from the first moment. Let's get in their face early. Uh, and that's sort of part of what I will miss. And I think... The big thing that I've talked about over the last year, and I heard James Graham say and I always credit him for it because I think it's fantastic. We're constantly trying to make rugby league a game for everyone. Uh, and the reality is it's not a game for everyone. It's a game for the top X amount of percent that are as tough as nails and understand that they are – just about going to war in this game and what they can lose and what it can cost, et cetera, et cetera. The idea of rugby league being for everyone, I think, is a game and what we enjoy, I think it is for everyone. But as a game that we play, I personally don't think it's for everyone. And you go into first grade, you go into those arenas knowing what you're putting at risk, knowing what you're putting your body through. You get paid very well accordingly. Uh, But these guys know what they're putting their bodies through. They are well and truly aware of it. And I think that this is part of this decision to try and limit the concussions to try and limit those those hectic collisions that we see early on in the game and I haven't really heard the NRL talk too much about it so I don't know if that is rock solid but you would have to assume if they're trying to invite short dropouts and short kickoffs I think the reality is that they are probably trying to avoid those contacts and I get it it's fucking brutal yeah I get it 100% you have got these 120 kilo humans getting the ball with a 30 meter run up running into three other humans who have had a 30 meter run up trying to absolutely smash each other yeah it is just and I I think sometimes as rugby league fans, we just get used to the brutality. We're just, it just becomes accustomed to us. It's normal. We see it every weekend. We see it all the time. We don't realize how intense it is, but you know, it's the, 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 these guys that, that are returning kickoffs, they're having three or four car accidents every single game. And this is what they put their bodies through and we become used to it and we love it. Yeah. And it's part of rugby league. They love it as well. But I understand where the NRL is coming from, from a safety perspective, trying to limit those moments. Uh, But it's what makes rugby league rugby league for me. And, you know, maybe as I get older and everything and I'm mature or whatever, maybe my opinions will change on that. I'm not sure. Uh, But that's where I sit right now, that I think that this is really changing the fabric of the game. I think it's going to have a massive change. I think teams will be practicing now for these short dropouts. I think it will become the norm. I think you'll see where guys are standing to receive short dropouts and whatever and everything. I think that'll be completely flipped on its head and it will change in rugby league forever now uh, if they keep this rule moving forward. A really, really interesting one that I personally think is going to have a massive, massive impact uh, on the NRL this year and moving into the future. Very, very interesting. I can't wait to see how coaches take advantage of it. The thing that it does does worry me a lot is that you'll see a lot of coaches that, you know, there might be two minutes left on the clock or whatever. They've got a line drop out They might wait the entire 40 seconds and their halfback will just kick the living shit out of it into the in goals. Or you can literally just kick it, you know, half a metre in front of you, cop the... The uh, play the ball in front of you. In the meantime, you've wasted an entire minute. It means that teams might get one tackle to set up directly in front of there. That's the thing I don't like about this. I hate that aspect of it. I'm not sure how they're going to avoid that either, whether they bring in time rules. We've sort of already got that and teams take the piss out of it. They literally stand there and wait 38 seconds to kick the ball to get in under the 40-second time slot. I'm not quite sure how it's going to work, but I am very, very confident. And you know what? If I was coaching, I would tell my players to do the exact same thing. Uh, if you're up by two points and there is a minute left on the clock and you're waiting for a forced dropout, um, I'm 100% going short because even if I fuck it up, they're going to get potentially one, maybe two tackles where my defensive line is set. Everything is set. My two markers are there. Um, it, it really is just a, it's a sort of get out of jail card when you are under pressure. And for me, I hate that we're losing that part of rugby league that is, okay, build pressure. We're going to force you to make 24 tackles in a row here when you deserve to. If you're that dominant with the ball and your kicking game is good enough to, to force repeat sets I think that if teams are able to get out of that this easily there should be a big punishment on their head which should be points on the scoreboard uh, which is what we've had for the last few years I understand where the NRL is coming from I don't agree with it Um, I think we're changing the fabric of the game too much and I think this will have a massive massive impact there are positives to it there's no doubt about it I'm very keen to see which teams take advantage of this probably, which teams put in certain plays, certain uh, players in certain spots that they will target. You see in rugby league, a lot of these guys are right footers. Uh, So when you're doing a line dropout, it makes sense for this sort of kick uh, to give yourself as much open space as you can. So what you will tend to see is guys kicking out to the left-hand side. So there might be moments here where the North Queensland Cowboys, for example, they'll probably try and kick to Nanai in these moments. You might see him flip over to the left side. If I'm the South Sydney Rabbitohs, I've got Campbell Graham out on my right. That's not the ideal spot for a right footer to kick to. Do you switch Campbell Graham over? Do you use a left foot kicker? There's a lot of things that come into play here. Do you potentially, is it just easier if you just kick it straight up on the sort of 10 metre line directly in front of you, union kick off that goes straight and get you guys moving forward there? So many options. I'm keen to see how the defensive teams react as well. Does it make sense to try and get up and catch the ball or do you tap it back to your side? Do you have like, um, I know that some teams just to call it like a Jack and Jill where you tap back that'd be Jack then Jill would be there waiting for the ball. Uh, it's going to be very very interesting. We obviously saw uh, Mitch Kenny in the grand final. He scored a try uh, where the ball was tapped back and there was no one there ready to catch the ball in that moment. I think you'll see that quite a bit as well so teams need to be aware of that. These short kickoffs they're going to turn into almost like a special teams thing in the NFL. You are going to have your edges that they know when that short kickoff is coming. These two are jumpers. These two wrap around be ready for that tap back. These guys get ready to track around in the in goals just in case it beats them. There's a lot to take in here and it is going to be super entertaining to watch, but I do not like... The fab of how the fabric of the game has been changed, and I hate, I fucking hate that we might be starting to lose those real gladiator moments where you see off the kickoff these guys charging back over a 50-metre distance and meeting each other in the hey-diddle-diddle. Diddle. I absolutely hate that. Some of the greatest moments in rugby league, and that's what shits me as well. We'll get to grand final day in the NRL. We'll advertise grand final day with Sam Burgess and James Graham doing something that they're trying to push the game away from seemingly, which I really don't like that angle. Uh, A lot to take in here. Heaps to take in. We'll see how it plays out come the regular season. I will say this. uh, It was this time last year I was sitting on this podcast going, this stupid fucking rule that they're now making defenders have both feet on the in goals will not work. This is ridiculous. That's not how guys defend. You have one foot on the dead ball line. You're able to get yourself in the proper stance to move forward. You're not flat-footed with two feet. That's ridiculous. Hookers will score tries every single week three weeks later the nro referees went around to a couple of clubs and i believe once they got to their fourth club that just said this is ridiculous this is not going to work uh they kind of just ignored the rule and we never worried about it we never heard about it again i don't think this rule will be like that but it would not surprise me if they do backtrack away from this one in the future there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care Big difference is that I think there is a safety aspect to it. I haven't heard the NRL come out and announce it like that because I think once you announce it from a safety aspect, it's very hard to pull back on that. It's very hard to come away from it. So we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. But, yeah, I think this does change the fabric of the game. I don't really like it. I am... I'm keen to see the entertaining factors that come off the back of this and how different teams choose to utilize it and apply their approaches. But as a whole, I really don't like this change heading into season 2024.